Hey there, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real, authentic, and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. Here you'll find helpful information shaped by a biblical worldview on all things marriage-related, sex, money, parenting, and so much more. We are Michael and Elizabeth, and welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward pause. (laughs) Okay, so I am super excited about this episode, but before we get into it, I have to tell you guys that today's episode is sponsored by the Marriage Talks Patreon page, and we would love for you to check it out. We've got three different tiers with really great perks, and if you decide to become a part of our Patreon page, I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, that's right. Patreon page, Uh, our Patreon group, our community, then you are also helping the ministry of Marriage Talks continue to go on. So thank you for checking that out. We would absolutely love for you to be a part of our community. Do it. (laughs) Also, rate and review. So if you go onto iTunes, you can rate us five stars, please. And you can review <laughs> us. That's it's two different things. You can rate without reviewing and you can go the extra step to review. But anytime that those interactions happen, it helps Apple to put our stuff up at the top so we can be found by others. Yes. And before we conclude this episode, we will read the latest review because one of you lovely people left us another review. Oh, that's a surprise. I yes. didn't know that. Yes. I'm shaking things up a little bit. Nice. <laughs> All right, so when you uh, you kind of skipped on ahead to that, I was like, wait, but we need to say what the episode's about. And I always forget that you click on this because you see the <laughs> you title see the first. Title. <laughs> so it's not really a surprise. Well, if you clicked on it and you didn't read it, you're going to find out that today's episode is about... Seven myths about marriage, 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 marriage. <laughs> yeah, we started with five. We were actually like, let's do five. And then we started putting them together and we, like, we need more than we five. We need more than five. <laughs> five will not cut it. Yeah. And also I'm afraid it'll be like a 12 minute episode. <laughs> no, I think we have plenty of stories about each one. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. When you've been together for a few years, the stories pile up. They really do. Don't they? Well, let's kick it off with number one. All right. Number one marriage myth, myth is that it's easy Boo, marriage is so easy. It's not easy, guys. It's not easy. Do people really say that, though? I people feel like- really say that. I've heard it. People really say that. Yeah. They're lying to you. Do they know anybody who's married? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, me. They told me. Really? You were told that? Yeah. How old were you? I don't remember. A lot of things happen in Third life. Third grade, maybe? No. Not that yet. Susie Q on the playground <laughs> say that marriage was easy? Because that's no. malarkey. No, we were married. Marriage is not easy. In fact, marriage is hard. And the reason it's hard is because truly the purpose is for sanctification. <laughs> Number one, Sanct- sanctification isn't easy. <laughs> that's sort of when you love it. Yes, but also- can you wait? Because that's kind of like a that's one of those like Christianese things that I like. You want to define that a little bit better? Yes. So sanctification is like the continual like renewal of becoming Christ-like, and we, Michael and I, are sinners. We're all sinners. Christ is perfect. He's glorified. He's magnificent. And so when you are in the process of becoming Christ-like. It's hard and it's a lot of just like 
emotional cuts, heart cuts, like, you know, you're getting to the root of like some nasty stuff, some nasty, like sinful behavior. And that's like a whole other thing. But, you know, if you're, if you're not wanting to necessarily talk about sanctification, literally two people coming and living in the same house together, like that's hard. (laughs) So it's in a lot of ways it's hard, but that does, that's not to say like, Hey, you should either get out of your marriage or don't get married. That is not what we're saying at all. Because I think we would both agree that we absolutely love being married to each other. <laughs> is that a question? <laughs> <laughs> even, even on the hard days. Well, actually, on this episode, I was going to reveal a secret. It's actually terrible. No. It's no. No. Yeah. We, like, no, we, we do. <laughs> we will tell each other, like, after, like, a fight or something, we'll be like, I am so glad that you are the one that I'm fighting with. Like, I would not want to fight with anybody else. I would not want to go through this with anybody else. So we, we know... Like marriage is hard, but we love that we're doing it together. It's not going to be a smooth journey because we're humans and we sin and we go through peaks and valleys, but it is a wonderful gift that's been given and I love it. Yeah. And the big thing is too, when has anything ever worthwhile been easy anyway? Like building a business, super hard building a lifelong relationship, super hard, raising children well, super Super hard. hard. (laughs) So just add it to the list. Marriage is super hard because it is important. It is meaningful. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. We we always say the most meaningful like human relationship you'll ever have. Agreed. Yeah. You say that a lot. That's why, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Moving on to number two. The second myth about marriage is that it will fix my problems. Spoiler alert. It will actually magnify your problems. Why? Because we're sinners. Yeah. (laughs) We're all selfish. It will magnify whatever is inside of you. If you tend to be selfish, if you tend to be prideful, if you tend to steamroll, if you... Was it gaslight? Tend to gaslight. All those things, marriage is going to magnify because you are in constant proximity and connection with someone else. So don't hang that. It's like, and hang, like if I, if I thought that, if I believe that, and then I put that on Michael, whoa, like he's always going to fail 100% of the time. If I'm like, Hey, now that we're married, fix my problems. He will always, always fail. 100% of the time and vice versa, like is not a healthy way to view your marriage. Yeah. That's a tall order and never work out. No. Cause this, like I said, we're all humans. We're always going to come short. We're never going to be able to deliver 100% of the time. And even our efforts while they are, might be well-intentioned, we'll never like meet that expectation because we're humans. And so having the, the mindset of like, so if this is your first episode, we just talked about sanctification, Michael and I are Christians. And so that we view marriage from a biblical perspective. And if I think that Michael is going to fix my problems, I am 100% wrong. But what I should be focusing on is that I should be laying these burdens or these issues or these like heart issues that I have going on inside of me at the foot of the cross. You're taking number three. (laughs) 
It's leaking into number Which three big time. Which leads us to number wait, three. Wait, we're not done. We're not done. Oh, so wait, wait, pause. Before we move on to number three, because you're really like, it's very closely tied together. But one thing that really like kind of serious moment here too. One thing that I think that a lot, a lot of young guys think is that having access to a lady, um, if you've suffered from like sexual temptation specifically, um, having a wife would basically solve that problem mm. and you won't have temptation or like, you know, the, the, the long look is uh, a friend told me the long look, if you suffer from that, like, you know, if you see a woman who's beautiful you just see her and register her fine. But like, if you like return back with your gaze, that kind of stuff. If you suffer from that particular sin, that is one really glaring thing that comes to mind when I say like, it will not fix that problem to be married. Um, Cause the myth is like, well, we can have sex. So like, I won't have that anymore because we yeah, can have sex whenever we want to. Yeah. But it's like, you're probably not going to have sex as much as you had thought you were going to. And you'll still, <laughs> you'll still be looking for that like fulfillment elsewhere. So that's a particular one. It's kind of like serious moment there. Yeah. But cause it's a, deal. cause it's a misplaced fulfillment. Right. Like truly that is that that's putting, that's putting on your spouse to, to, to fill that need so to speak in quotations, but really what it is is that's a heart issue that has to be resolved and yeah, yeah. fixed between you and the Lord because your spouse will never deliver to like rid you of that. That is, that is something that has to be between you and the Lord. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Way to, way to close that up. Yeah. yeah. So number three, number three. All right. So love will, this is the myth. Love by itself will conquer every adversity into like human love. Is that what we're talking about? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about, all right. Yeah. We're, we're talking about love. Yeah. We're talking about love. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> as we've kind of hinted at, and as she was about to totally reveal way too early, um, it's not our love that solves everything. Although our love and our de- like desire for each other is amazing, but every adversity is not conquered by just human power. No, it's not. It's actually by the grace of God and the love that we try to mimic our marriage off of. So the grace of God, what Christ did on the cross, the gospel, that is what sustains our marriage. You know, like a big thing that comes to mind is forgiveness. And for some people, it's really hard to forgive. And it's really hard to like, well, you know what? They need to forgive me first before I can even consider forgiving them. That's not a real, (laughs) that's not real forgiveness. (laughs) That's not, well, yeah, that's definitely not real forgiveness. It is also not the gospel. So like, Michael and I do not mimic our marriage like that. We we do our absolute best to to incorporate the gospel in everything and the way that Christ loves the church. Like that is the the example of biblical marriage. And so when we are interacting together, it has to be mimicked off to something perfect. Otherwise, everything else is going to fall short. If our example, if we're trying to, you know, mimic our marriage off of some hottest celebrity couple now, like boy, is that going to fail in epic proportions? It's not going to be good. Yeah. I was trying to think of a famous couple, but everyone that came to mind was ridiculous. It's not good is the point. And so I think, I think we would generally all agree. Like if we're going to pick an example, let's pick a good one. Let's pick a perfect one. Well, the perfect one is how Christ loves the church, the marriage between Christ 
and the church. And within that, you have to have the gospel. That's the saving grace of marriage right there. Yeah. And, and a lot of this stuff, if you're not from a like Christian background, it can seem weird. Like, what do you mean the, the bride and you're talking about the church as marriage, but if you have any questions about any of this stuff, um, reach out to us, yeah. um, email, Facebook messenger, any of that stuff. Cause I'd love to clarify and go a little bit deeper if you need to. I don't want us to throw out stuff that's unfamiliar and be like losing you. Yeah. So, yeah. And so like in an, in an example of forgiveness, like I have, I have no right to withhold in terms of the gospel. I have no right to withhold forgiveness from Michael. And what I mean by that is like, we have had seasons in our marriage where we have both been hurt very deeply, very, very deeply, a lot of anguish, a lot of turmoil, a lot of anger. And we have walked through those seasons together and only by the grace of God, have we gotten out of those. And there has been a season where I experienced a lot of pain, but if I can't offer that forgiveness, if I can't fully forgive Michael, I have some things going on in my heart that I need to deal with. And that doesn't mean that like, oh, we're good. What you did didn't matter. That's not what forgiveness is about. It's about confessing that to your spouse, your spouse then saying, I forgive you because I trust that you're going to walk 180 degrees from what you did and strive to be the complete opposite of whatever it was. And the only way we can get through that is because that's what Christ does for us. He forgives us. He doesn't forget. He chooses not to hold us accountable for those things. He says, your debt has been paid on the cross. You no longer have to die for your sins because I have done that for you. Therefore, all you have to do is accept the free gift of salvation. And, and when you do that and you follow him and you worship the Lord by being in the word and in prayer and, and deepening your relationship with, with Christ, that's the gospel. And so applying that to our marriage we can hurt each other because we will, because we're sinful and we're human. But when we look at the example that Christ has set, he knows that we've sinned. He doesn't forget it. He just chooses not to hold us accountable for it. And that is, that's huge. Yeah. Cause the accountability has been shifted. Like he took it on. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. Number four is kind of a familiar point. If you've been listening to us for a long mm. time, not to beat a dead horse, <laughs> But uh, couples, the myth is couples therapy is for fixing a broken marriage, like when you're on the rocks. But we've talked about this a fair number of times, and it's not only for the end of your marriage. It's not only for messed up couples who severely screwed up and only, you know, infidelity for, and stuff like that. Or premarital counseling. Like peeps, or people get like premarital counseling to make sure that they start their marriage right, like that's good. So it's not only just for that time, but also for. Oh yeah. Like more, we like to, we like to advocate maintenance therapy. Yes. So as, as those who have come out of a uh, wonderful, wonderful like round of therapy, it was amazing. Oh my goodness. It was amazing. So like for all the, those of you guys who like your Enneagrams, which I never really understood, <laughs> <laughs> they're so hot right now. Those Enneagrams, they're so hot right now. <laughs> If you know what that quote is yeah, from, shoot us a message. That was one. I think everybody knows that one. Not everybody knows no? that. 
Oh yeah, it's pretty old now. It's pretty it's like old. Twenty years. But yeah, so one of the things we went over was not enneagrams, but like communication styles and and love language. I think love languages, where it's just like it kind of helps you put into a better lens who your spouse is and kind of tricks and tips and stuff of like if your wife is like respect is the number one thing that she wants you've got to make sure that's the number one thing that you prioritize for her so i would i would have never known that that's not her case specifically no but like when we went through therapy i i would have pegged your number one to be physical touch and it wasn't your your number one was respect and so respect. actually i i actually learned that about you because now i can effectively love you in the way in the top way that means the most to you yeah and we were like six years in, seven years in, it's six years in. About to hit seven. It was six and a half. Yeah. So we had been dating for a long time and then married for six years. And I never knew that about him. Yeah. And that those are important things to know. Yeah. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't just wait for the, the end of the era about to happen. It's like, I guess we'll do this last ditch effort. Really like. They're easy to find. Y'all, the internet is pretty awesome. Google marriage counselors, zip code, and you'll have them. Or just ask around at your church or, um, you know, somebody has probably used somebody in the past and can recommend someone. Yeah, definitely ask around at your church. And also, if you ever have any questions about therapy, please feel free to contact us. And there are, there are on, Christian online therapy avenues that you can uh, choose to participate in. So reach out to us too, because we're more than happy to help you get plugged in somewhere. Yeah. But uh, we are not licensed counselors, so we won't be giving out like <laughs> sessions. No. We know our limits. <laughs> yeah. We can encourage you in the right direction, but we do not hold any degrees like that. The fifth myth about marriage is my spouse completes me. Untrue, but that was obvious. It's a little worrisome. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I don't remember now. I was just so shocked by your beauty. I forgot my words. Oh, you're so sweet. It is a little worrisome when the perspective is my spouse completes me. We're going to go back to our biblical view of marriage. The only person that completes me is Christ. The only person that completes Michael is Christ. We cannot complete each other. And the reason being is because we are human, we are imperfect, and we will fall short 1,000% of the time. Yeah, there's nothing but pain in that pathway if that's where you're going. And I think tons of people try to take that pathway. And even if you like, you have a pretty good marriage, and I, I would say that people who think that would have a great marriage, like my spouse completes me, but you're always going to find that that's going to, yeah, like we say, fall short. Yeah. It's just an impossible standard. Again, like going back to like, what would you mimic your marriage off of something perfect, like a perfect example? Well, this is the same thing. Like, why would I ever put that pressure on Michael? Because he is not perfect and vice versa. I'm far from perfect. And so we're always going to let each other down if we hold that person to that job. You know, like, well, you, you let me down because you didn't complete me where I fell short. It's like, well, of course they let me down. Neither one of us are perfect at keeping our patience up. Like, Neither one of us are perfect at keeping our pride down. 
Like we absolutely will not complete the other person in wherever the shortcomings are. It's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. And, and even if like, if it's hard for you to think about, well, how does, how have I seen that, you know, in my marriage, or maybe you're not married and you're like, well, I don't really know what that looks like. Well, just imagine like your friend, if you've had any kind of somewhat close friend and they let you down in some way, they didn't come through in the way that you had expected them to. That is just a perfect example of no one, no one human can complete you. The other person will always let you down. Number six, we're coming to the end. Coming to the end. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I think we've done an episode about this too. Y'all, we've done a lot of episodes. Some of them are I don't, a year old. I, I know that we've talked, you and I have talked about this, but I don't think that we've done an episode about yeah. this. We should know our back catalog better than I currently do, but it's kind of late. These are all, these are all like broad strokes and these will definitely be, if we have not done an episode on them previously, there will be episodes on these full episodes. Yeah. So what the actual myth is, is that marriage is 50, 50. She does half. I do half. <laughs> what's the, what's the actual ratio, Beth? It's 100, 100, Michael. That, that's 200%. What is, what is 100, 100? What's his name? Alex Trebek? Yeah. Don't, don't they say, what is 100, 100, Alex? I don't know. I don't watch that. Yeah, they answer in a form of a question. Well, I know in the form of a question, but I thought they said his name. Not usually. Oh, okay. Well, the answer is 100, 100. We're getting off topic. You have to be fast. You don't need to waste a word. What is 100, 100? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll get there. Okay, this is a super cheesy way to say, basically, just give your maximum effort and your spouse needs to give their maximum effort. If you do, you're going to have rainbows and butterflies and it's going to be awesome. And your spouse will complete you. Wait a second. No, no. that's not true. <laughs> no, but just maximum effort equals maximum smoothness. Yeah. Reward. Yeah. 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 Because like, you know, okay, well, Michael does the lawn and the dishes and the, you know, going up into the attic type stuff. And then I do the vacuuming, the cleaning the floors, the laundry. And like, if we make sure that our lists are like exactly the same and always fair and 50, 50, it's just not going to, it's not going to work because, you know, there have been times where like truly in our marriage, Michael does the dishes and I do the laundry. It's just something that we like agreed on that we prefer to do. And so we just said, yeah, that's just the way we'll do it. There have been times, there have been seasons where Michael has not been able to do the dishes for several days in a row for whatever the reason is. If I'm giving 50%, I'm going to sit there and say, your job is to do the dishes and you're slacking. So why can't you get yourself in there? First of all, there's no love or grace in that at all. Yep. And it's just accusatory and it's a terrible way for me to speak to Michael. So that just causes friction. And then Michael's, Michael's going to be like, whoa, lady, back off. I've had a hard time, whatever. With I'm going to take that dish and go. <laughs> I can't deal with you right now. Like it just, when I approach him ready to fight, he's going to respond ready to fight. So if you're giving 100, 100, I can recognize that like Michael is either hurting or he's exhausted or, you know, you fill in the blank that for a reason that he can't be consistent with the dishes. So I'm at home with the kids. Why don't, while they're playing, I'll take 20 minutes and do some dishes and 
knock down that pile of dishes so that he's not coming home to a massively dirty kitchen. That would be giving 100, 100, because like we've said this entire episode, we are human. We will fail. We will never be able to do it right all the time. So in those moments, it's been pretty amazing in our marriage because in those moments where one isn't able to do something, the other one, like inexplicably, it's really the grace of God, but we get this strength or endurance to do whatever it is that they can't do. Yeah. That's especially clear in the uh, early um, childhood stuff. Like the first six months of a baby, it's been like, when I'm exhausted, I have nothing left in my tank. Elizabeth's got some. And then vice versa. She's totally done. Been up four times in the night. I got some energy early in the morning. So that really has been one of the nice times. Yeah. And in that, in that scenario, if we were just giving 50, 50, like it would just be miserable. We would always be like penalizing each other. Like, well, you didn't get your list done. So yeah. Keeping score. It's just, there's no reason to do that. Never, never. If you're going to keep score, keep score of how many kisses you give each other. (laughs) (laughs) Super cheesy, but I guess that works. So yeah, keeping score, it's not a good idea. It's just going to cause tension and a lot of anger. So please, please don't do that. Alrighty. The final one, the big one, the final countdown. This is one that I think people don't talk about a whole lot. Um, but here it is. So marriages fall apart with one big mistake or one massive sin. Number one being, I think the obvious one is infidelity. So like, you know, uh, we'll just use the example of a guy cheats on his wife with the secretary at work. Well, that is a massive sin. It is a massive mistake, but that needs to be broken down to smaller things. I think Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a pathway. It's a, it's a, like opening that door and letting the floodgates go through. You just got to be aware of that because you can really justify if you don't think that and you think, well, I would never cheat on my wife. Uh, I'm, I'm like, that's just not going to happen to me. Then you're going to be completely blindsided when you start down that path and you get to the point where you may be, it may be too deep to, to back out. Um, but you need to be aware of that because you can really just kind of change your behaviors early on to avoid big deals. Yeah. I think when you have convinced yourself that it will never happen to you is when it's probably going to happen to you. Because you've convinced yourself that you could never make that mistake. And once again, we're all humans and we're all going to fall short. So if you are vigilant and you are like affair proofing your marriage, like you are, you are actively putting into things, putting things into place every day to do your best to make sure that that doesn't happen. You're responsible. You are absolutely responsible for a lot of stuff. But then again, We have like for Michael and I, we keep running back to the foot of the crossing. Lord, help me deliver me from this. Do not let me walk down this path because we know on our own accord, we're not going to be successful with that. So that strength and that endurance has to come from the Lord. So yes, like Michael said, you don't just show up and then all of a sudden you're having sex with somebody who's not your spouse. Those things start from the long look from emotionally attaching yourself to somebody who isn't your spouse to giving a little more attention to someone else who isn't your spouse to, um, like attracting that attention 
from someone who isn't your spouse. If your spouse is not giving you enough attention that you feel like you really need and you feel like you're starting to wander, go to your spouse and talk to them and say, I really, really need this. And I think that we need to make some changes. Run to them and don't be ashamed to run to them because that's the person you need to be going to. So that massive sin, that massive event that quote ends a marriage is not that like, that's not what ends a marriage. It, it, it's those things that sneak up on you that then leads to the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. One of the big things to look for if you're kind of on that pathway is if you've ever been told something and it was like, or if you are about to be told something and they say, I'll tell you this, but you can't tell your wife, Um, especially if that's another woman, like do not step on that landmine. But even if it's another guy, um, it's just a good practice. If, if it's preceded by can't tell your wife, um, just say, you know what? I'm good. Unless that that person is planning a surprise party for your wife, (laughs) then you can. Yeah. And I think like if, if you have confided in, like, say I've confided in another, um, another woman, like a really good friend of mine who too is married and say, look, I'm really struggling with this. I've talked about it with Michael and I'm really struggling with this. Can you please keep this confidential, like keep this between the two of us and pray for me? I think that situation is okay. But when you're trying to like keep, big secrets or big things that you're struggling with from your spouse and you're running to somebody else to confide in, that's not a good idea at all. That's a good point. There are definitely some caveats where it's not as serious, but overall it's just kind of a, if you hear those words, just proceed very carefully. Yeah. It's not a good idea to get in the habit of keeping secrets from your spouse if there's no reason to keep it from them. You know, yeah, like the uh, birthday party. Well, yeah, keep that one a secret. Yeah. So that rounds us out seven myths. And so hopefully this is enlightening. And our specific challenge for you guys is to maybe some of these are ones that you had heard before or believed yourself. And we want you guys to just spend some time in prayer about which ones of them you might have believed and uh, kind of uh, what to do about that. Yeah, ask the Lord to reveal, like, oh, I really feel convicted about marriage should be 50, 50. And that needs to be something that you go to the Lord in prayer about saying, okay, help me change my attitude and my heart attitude about that, you know, or like it will fix my problems, you know, whatever it might be, just ask the Lord to reveal that to you and to, and then once he reveals it to you, like approach it with, with humility and asking him to change your heart on that, because then that's when the Lord can really move. And that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Well said. You always say it better than me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I you... just, yeah. All the summary stuff. I'll just kick on over to <laughs> no. this girl. You're great. You're cute too. Appreciate it. I'll keep you around. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for coming back this week. And before yeah. we finish, we have the review. I'm so glad you remembered. I would never remember that. All right, so our latest review comes from Tanner J. Merwin. He gives us five stars because he's the coolest. Thanks, Tanner. (laughs) Informal and informative. Amazing podcast that has helped me learn more about how I want my future marriage to go and how I can be getting ready for that time now. We support this message. 
Thank you, Tanner, so much for your review. It really means the world to us. And we also just love that people who aren't married are finding our show to be encouraged and to help shape their mindset and really prepare them for the best earthly relationship that you can have. Yeah. Looking forward to talking with you guys next week. Bye.